Turn on that radio and back here. The cops ain't likely to catch up with us, not tonight. So we can all be quiet and peaceable and listen to the music. This episode of Auto Dealer Live is brought to you by TrueCar. What up, gentlemen? What, what up, up, ladies? What up? what up, audience? What up? What up? This is Auto Dealer Live. I'm Dave Villa. I'm Dave Cribs, And I'm the other guy that sits on the right of David Villa. Hey, why do you got to say it third? Like, you know, like one day, what, what would people think if I said, I'm Dave? Say, I say it. I'll be honest with you guys. I, it's, it's somewhat predictable. I'm like, I'm Dave Villa, and yeah. I sit here and go, okay, Dave Cribs. In my yeah. head, I'm going like, this is what I'm saying in my head. Dave Cribs is going to say, I'm Dave Cribs. And Tommy's going to say something like, yeah, I'm the other guy. <laughs> or I'm the douchebag. <laughs> or whatever you say. You know, usually you kind of down yourself. And you're... I'm Dave Villa, guys. I'm Tommy Elwell. Oh! I'm Dave Cribbs oh. with the ear mic problem, but I'm getting there. Ear mic problems. <laughs> ear ear mic. Mic. You know what's That's co- an ear mic, by you the way. You know why know what it dri- is. It's an ear mic. <laughs> it's because David Cribbs is approaching 50 now, and he's having he ear 50. mic problems. Uh, David Cribbs surpassed 50 and yeah, is on his way to the next 50. You know he's proud of it because he's still alive. He's still alive. Mainly because he's still, still alive. Yeah, you know how many icons? You know how many icons have died in the last year? I mean, you know, around your age. You know, I mean, uh, here we go. What? Yes. Hey, yes, Princess Leia died. And why? Why are Cribs and I dressed up? And that's a good question. And speaking of our show today, we've got our desking strategy show today. Dave Cribs and I literally were eating at Cracker Barrel with a couple of our crew, um, our training crew. Not our production crew. Yeah, um, I didn't get about an hour me. and ten minutes. Well, because you had nothing to do with it. It was mm-hmm. what had nothing to do. So Cribs and I were down at Saras Toyota of Sarasota. Um, nice store, man. Nice crew. We were down there from nine o'clock this morning until about uh, twenty minutes ago. We got back, and uh, about an hour ago, we were eating at Cracker Barrel in Sarasota. Mm-hmm. So we got back about twenty minutes ago, and uh, just in time to come to you. But we were spending time with, um, w- you know, with car people this morning, and we got a chance. I, I think if any show. I'm, I'm fired up about, you know, is this one? Because honestly, I think this morning, if it weren't, if it wasn't like eating dessert first, it was certainly a precursor and a warm up to what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're fired up because you're coming right from the dealership mm-hmm. and then right into the dealership world as we, as we know it, we're mm-hmm. talking with dealers all over the country. So, um, and today, today is, you know, one of my, uh, the shows I've been looking forward to desking and desking strategies desking for dollars and today we're going to actually have my mentor the guy who hired me nearly a hundred years ago Fred in the car business yes Fred and, uh, when he worked at the and, yeah and uh 
hired and pretty much really, um, you know, I got to say this uh, before he comes on too, is that I, I was just really, really fortunate and blessed because I happened to fall into, and I know I've referenced it before, but I fell into a place where, you know, they just did it the right way. And it really launched my career from day one. And the man who is really responsible for that, you're going to meet on the show today and, and we'll introduce him later and we bring you all know, the guests what, on. What you did this morning is is what I watched you do in your part at the dealership and how you set with what, what, 10 or 11 people from uh, the Toyota store and went through, you know, um, your portion of it, I, I would only imagine came from, um, you know, the teaching from partially this gentleman today. But, uh, you know, Tommy, you you are our uh, desk manager here at IPD, and it's not unlike anything in the car business. You know, it's interesting. We're talking about desking strategies, but in the, in reality, what a good desk manager does is works and pencils a deal, helps basically facilitate a deal along between the customer and a salesperson. And Tommy, you're our desk manager here. I mean, taking that same concept that same concept i mean how important do you think good desking strategies good desking practices are i mean with what you do well i'm trying can you guys hear me okay we can hear you i'm always trying to do better you know it's a lot of it's a lot of responsibility if you guys if you if you actually take it seriously um and you break it down and boil it down to the basics this is all about people and you know people all the way down the line the sales guys you're trying to help get a sale um the people involved on the other end of the call hopefully you want this to be um uh uh, beneficial to them as well it's it's a lot of pressure i guess um to some measure um i think it's a, because you care and i think a good salesperson cares and i think that's kind of the the prerequisite for for doing what we do so um you know i'm excited to hear i'm always learning um i'm not by any stretch of the imagination um think that i've arrived in some special place i'm trying to get better all the time i'm still young i can learn from people 40. I said I'm still young. Okay, I should have probably said I'm still young. You know, I'm not 40. I'm 39, by the way, you jerk. And the lady and the young girl at oh, Publix, young. the young wow. girl at Publix the other I mean, day said, young. "I can't believe." It. She's like, "You're you're almost 40." She yeah, did she, that. She was trying to tip her. It must have been the bad right. girl taking. No, she out. was. She was the. Oh, you're not going to tip me? What you knew? You old butt. You look like you're 50. She was actually um, the girl who checked me out. And then there was a bad guy checked you out. She mm. didn't check me out like that. Maybe Is she. Erica maybe she, listening right now. She was he, the checkout person. She he's not allowed to go to that public anymore, code. Erica. Erica, he's not allowed to go to that public anymore. Erica, you have nothing to worry about. I promise you. So the point. <laughs> oh, so was, she was ugly. It doesn't no. matter. I'm not. I'm not like no, that. <laughs> Getting back to desking. I know. Yes, right. and I concur. <laughs> you're welcome. You are a good desk manager. I speak for you. I don't even know where he's we been were. here eight years. He's 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 worked his rank up in sales. And you know what? A good desk manager is someone who a salesperson goes to, not just to go, hey, hey. It's not a trainer. We have a corporate trainer here. It's not that. It's it's somebody they go to when they want to facilitate the deal along. And it's somebody they go to and say, hey, I'm in this situation. Can you help me through it? It's kind of like somebody who helps a deal facilitate through the pipeline. And that's really what it is. I mean, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's I've always looked at the desk as sort of the, the heartbeat of the store. I mean, it's really where everything is kind of, uh, everything kind of comes together in a sense. You, you, as you guys know, we referred to it at, um, years ago as the sales tower, right? And we still, and that was because, you know, the sales managers were in this, literally, physically up in a, taller, higher place where they could act as almost air traffic controllers, if you will, mm -hmm. and really be able to see, you know, hey, okay, Johnny just took an up over here, and they can kind of see what's going on throughout the dealership. Typically, it was a place that you could physically view most of the dealership from. 
and uh, you know everything kind of happens once you get a customer everything kind of happens you know from that point through the desk i mean there's a you know uh, obviously you got to go through the desk to get a deal so um, we're going to be talking today about what does that look like when you come to the desk has it has it changed has it evolved are we heading in the right direction and how do we incorporate desking strategies to really and we called the show desking for dollars, but to really increase our profits. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. You know, it's, um, and I'm anxious also, we're going to get into a, to a four square, um, to be or not to be, to do or not to do. We're going to talk to some of these individuals. I mean, have we moved beyond that? Um, we're going to, we're going to hear some opinions of guys who are doing it, man. These are, these are the guys who are making it happen. And, um, one way or the other, and they've all got, listen, this is the thing. When you deal with successful people, this is what's interesting about this show. Is there a right way and a wrong way? I don't think so. I think there's a way, and I think there are multiple ways to get to the right place. The, the right way ends up with a deal. And if it's right for you, then it's right for you. What this may do is give you some strategies that are going to help you along the way. Because here's, here's the deal. If, if someone comes on and says, I do it this way, and my outcome is this, how, who am I to say that's wrong? What I think, what I think maybe we might get into are um, different perspectives to how to get to the same goal. Yeah, and you know, in previous shows where we've done these sort of debates about whether or not we should have an up system or whether or not we should have a four square or this or that, uh, what's interesting and what I've always taken away <clears throat> from those uh, debates is the fact that um, there really isn't a clear winner per se because you have this group over here who's, who does it this way successfully Right. If it was all unsuccessful, then we could say, okay, right. this is the answer. Right. But um, what I love about it, though, is that each, no matter what your position is, typically if you're on one side of the fence or the other in the car business, you're very passionate about it and you're sold on it. And we all know we have to be sold before we make a sale. So yep. um, we're not going to change any minds more than likely today, but we will hear some things that will be beneficial in helping us Food desk for, for more dollars. Food for thought. So – Get a hold of us on Twitter. You know, you hashtag I'll do it live. We, uh, well, yeah, call in 813-574-1820, 813-574-1820. If you got something to add to the conversation, uh, Instagram, Dave's Instagram is the David Villa. You can check it out there. If you want to see pics of him, you know, lounging <laughs> by the pool or whatever have you, maybe not. Not lounge. Um, so, guys, stay tuned. It's going to be a good show. The I'm going to shut up. my mouth as much as possible. The next up is Desk dollars <laughs> Make me holla. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Chip Perry. Earlier this year, we made a pledge to dealers that outlined some major changes designed to make TrueCar a more positive place for you to do business. I can't say enough how valuable your feedback has been and how much we believe that your ongoing advice and guidance will enable us to continue to improve our service to you in meaningful ways. On behalf of everyone at TrueCar, I want to sincerely thank you for your support and guidance while we are making these fundamental changes needed to ensure that TrueCar works better for you. See more at truecar.com pledge. Hey, Jason Rice from Lotpop. Lotpop is a new and used car consultant firm. We do weekly calls with our dealers, but we track out and trend out hundreds of charts looking at their inventory management tool and marketing on third-party sites. We've taken the top 25 metrics and created our own lot score for our dealerships, which will allow us to break our inventory down into the current status of our inventory, the marketing of our inventory, the stocking of our inventory, and ROI. We're making that same scoring system available to all dealerships, clients or not. This is a great system for dealership dealer groups also to compare their dealerships week after 
after week and how their inventory is scoring out to their goals and their best practices. Introductory price of $195 a month, no contracts. Check out more information at lotpop.com, click on lot score, get a demo, sign up for a demo, or call us at 844-LOTPOP4. Thanks. We're back, oh. and we are back, and we're uh, we're desking for dollars today. Today we're talking desk strategies with some dealers that are amazing on the desks, and I'm going to introduce them. We've got Bobby Collins with us today. He's the GSM for Coconut Point Ford. Coconut Point Ford. And make sure I got that right. Uh, Allison Musante. She's the general manager here at Coon Honda in Tampa, Florida, and we've got my mentor, boss, fearless leader. Um, the person who taught me everything I know, and then some, Mr. Matt Coffee with Matt Coffee Dealer Services. Um, gentlemen and lady, welcome to the panel. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. I believe we have Ernesto. Uh, Ernesto Saravan is going to join us. He's the general sales manager of Clio Bay. I think he's actually desking a deal, but he's going to jump on here in uh, midway into conversation. But why don't you jump this thing off? Uh, Matt, first of all, Matt, are you going to be okay with uh, – are you going to be okay with Crib saying that you taught him everything he knows, or uh, should he have waited? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he knows that much. Anyway, scary, isn't it? <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. I feel like a I feel like a judge that is you know there's someone on trial and I and I know them. I'm like related to them, so I'm, I feel like I'm going to be biased or something. But um, but no, let's get you know let's go to Matt. Um, you know, I just first of all I want to publicly thank you, Matt. Um, I can't tell you uh, how uh, how I feel about uh, what you've done for me in this business. And uh, from day one, hiring me 27 years ago or however long it was. Uh, but more importantly, the way that you the way that you taught me and not just me, but everyone around you. And it really, you were really able to build an amazing team. So I'm happy to have you on the show. That's all I'm going to say about that. But I'm going to go into the first question, Matt. And that is simply this, you know, um, I threw this out on Facebook the other day and it got a lot of play. And, and this is something that, you know, that you see day in and day out at the dealership. But I asked the question, should a salesperson know or expect to know, or even have the right to know, what the ACV of a car is when working the deal. Should a salesman, when they come to the desk and, uh, and they begin to work figures, should, should they have the right to know what the ACV is, or is it really irrelevant? Only if you want to give all, give all your gross away. Okay, so I'll take that as a no. <clears throat> and, um, exactly. It, it, oh, Remember one thing, Dave. Um, you know, you, when you get the deal, you should, you, you, if you... If you hit the trade at three grand, but the ACV is five grand, you don't want the salesperson know, knowing that because you want him going in there with confidence saying, 
folks, I got you three grand for your car. Hmm. Yeah, what? And and I'll go to Bobby on this, but you know, um, Bobby, what do you think about that? And 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 what if the salesperson says, "Hey, you know, I mean, I'm good enough. I I you know, I think I can handle the fact that I know the uh, ACV is three grand." I mean, what do you say to that, Bobby? Well, I agree with him. Uh, you know, it's the thing is they will give it away. I mean, least line of resistance, you know. They know they've got a nice, fat, juicy deal. $500 to them either way doesn't make a sense. So, no, we do not let them know that. And obviously, you know we work the Foursquare, and uh, we usually uh, don't work the customer's numbers. We try to get the customers to move towards our numbers. So we consistently duck trades. So, I mean, so they, I don't, they don't have a clue. They, they love coming after the deal, and then after the deal's gone, the customer's uh, busting bugs. Uh, you know, we, uh, we we share that with them. There's no big, we got a log. They can look at it. You know, it's no big deal. But during the actual process, absolutely not. We're going to keep them in the dark, um, even with the customer. We're not going to tell the customer to duck the trade either, you know. Right. Uh, Allison, let me go to you because, I mean, is is I know that uh, – what's your take on this? I mean, is this is this something that you feel like can be disclosed in, in the right environment? I, I, you know, how do you run this at your dealership, and what's your what's your opinion on, on this as well? I know there's no necessarily right way to do it, but how, are, how do you do it? I do agree with both Matt and Bobby, uh, but I do have a few salespeople that I would call my gross monsters that if I tell them I'm holding on the trade, they will fight for the money. And based off of our pay scale, the way that we pay our guys, every dollar counts. Uh, we don't we don't pay flats. We pay off of a, a gross profit grid. So they want to know where they're at, and they want to go after every single dollar. But not every salesperson is that way. So the majority of them, you're better off keeping them in the dark. Uh, but I have a few gross monsters that I will absolutely let them know. If you get this number, you're going to make this, and they will go after it. Okay. Yeah, and let me go back to Bobby because Allison brings up a great point. You know, um, do does it make sense to um, maybe you have a couple of guys that you know or gals that you know are in that same position? Maybe they have you know a great deal of experience. Maybe they are going to work to maybe push that gross over the edge and knowing, or or is it a better policy in your opinion? to not have any exceptions when it comes to, like, a desking policy. Yeah, I, I get her point. I, I mean, I, I do understand if she wants to build that in. But I, I tell you what, I just love playing poker with the salesman. These are even experienced guys. I've had experienced guys, and they, you know, I say, I'm all out. I mean, I, you know, they don't even, I'm not even ducking the trade. You know, they're, they're, I'm working them just as hard as they're working me and the customer. And then when it's all, like I said, when the smoke clears, he goes, you son of a gun. You know, I had four grand there. You know, so, you know, it's just the poker face. I mean, sometimes, you know, um, you know, um, they, they, they enjoy it. They enjoy it. They, they know. Let me, well, let me ask you, Matt, and, and kind of going along the same, the same line, I know Cribs and I were talking about this. Um, you know, is it is it just a standpoint of not trusting somebody that maybe doesn't have quote unquote skin in the game, or is it that maybe we would work against ourselves as salespeople? So, for instance, you and I were talking cribs before the show, Matt. If you're if you're the the, the new car manager, you know of ABC dealership, and you know you, you know you decide as the general sales manager, you're the GSM, you decide to take the TO yourself. You know, is it something that maybe even you should go in blind on, not knowing? that information because what's, what's your thoughts? Is it, is it, cause we're looking at it. It seems like we're looking at it from a one sided view. Like it's almost like we don't trust that person, but is it the fact that maybe as salespeople, we want to deal so bad that, that maybe we all have a tendency to drop our pants a little. 
Well, that's a great question. As a matter of fact, David can tell you when I first started. David was my first uh, employee when I started my direct mail company because you know we we send we send a, a closer, a coordinator into the into the uh, dealership along with the uh, with the direct mail piece, mm-hmm. and that's what we do now. I have for 16 years, and uh, used to be I was my own closer, and I would be I would you know come to the desk and they needed a TO, and I, I the sales desk would say, "Here's what we got in the trade." And I go, "Oh God, no! Don't tell me." I'll go in and give it away. It's human nature, right? So just keep me, keep me in the dark. You know, uh, just just tell tell me what the difference is, and let me go work the deal. Because I'm just going to flip it over to payment and cash. Right. That's good. And and you know, Matt, it's funny because um, I can remember even uh, before the before you started the uh, mail company, I can remember a time when, you know, I was a new car manager and I'm working a deal. Uh, with a salesperson and you were my GSM and you came along and said, okay, I want to take a shot. I want to take a turn, which that in itself as the GSM going in to take a turn is, you know, says something about you. But more importantly, um, I kept you in the dark, even as the new car manager and you were my boss, I was keeping you in the dark on the trade. And um, I think that, I think that if we're going to have that type of policy, that you have to walk that out as a leader. And I think that's why you were so successful at that. But uh, we'll move hey, on. Well, one ahead, thing Dave. is uh, Herb Prannell, he's the, um, he's the uh, in-house trainer for Rick Reichart's, you know, the, the top CPO dealer in the country. He said, Allison's dead on, Bobby. This is, I mean, again, there's no right and wrong way. I think there's multiple ways. I think what we're doing here, somebody that might be struggling with this, somebody that might be looking for an answer or a solution, maybe something's not working for them or they need to raise the lid a little bit. But Herb said, Allison's dead on. Newbies need to be trained, but, you know, pros don't need to be kept in the dark and need to be included and, and go for growth. So, I mean, there is that element on both sides. You said you understand. So let's talk for a second, Allison, though, about about Foursquare, you know, I know this, and I know how Bobby feels. I'm assuming I know how Matt feels. I don't know how you feel on this, but let's let's talk about this and working the deal. When these, first of all, what's your opinion on working with within the Foursquare today, Allison? Is that what you're doing? Or are you doing something else? Do you think that's something that is is of yesteryear? What's your opinion on that and and where it stands in 2017? I don't do a four square. I think more important than the pencil is the guest experience. And that starts with training your salesperson. You need the client to be emotional and excited in the buying process. It starts the minute that they walk into the dealership. And if you don't have your salespeople trained on the proper process, process, and they spend more time at the desk than they do outside, it doesn't matter if you use a four square, if you use a worksheet, um, you're not going to be desking for dollars at that point. So it really starts with the client experience, and I need that my salespeople to spend more time outside with the client. And, and by outside, I don't necessarily mean on a lot. I mean outside of the negotiating process. If you build value, if you build rapport, um, if you go through the process correctly, price is less of an issue. Uh, I don't use a Foursquare. I use a worksheet. Um, I give, I do do, you know, down payment, different options. I'm very transparent. Um, I include a lease on every single pencil. I come from New York. We did 82% leasing where I came from. It, it, it surprises me that the market down here is so low with leasing. It's all about trade cycle management. So what I'm focusing on here is really just presenting that lease. You want $100 less a month instead of going 84 months, let's, Pencil the lease. You get, you know, you get more for less. Uh, but whether you use a four square or you use a worksheet, 
it's really just about the experience that the client has before they come there. You, you hope that the salesperson um, sold the dealership, sold the, themselves. You know, I'm sitting in a brand-new state-of-the-art facility. There's value there. Show them the facility. Show them the service department. Introduce them to the service manager. Introduce them to the advisor. Everybody wants a guy. I came from New York. I had a guy for insurance. I had a guy for, for tickets. I, you know, I had a guy for cell phones. I had all sorts of guys. Prove to them that this is, you know, this is their one-stop car shop. Um, and then the pencil is less important. You just really need to build a value. And whether you use a Foursquare or use a worksheet, um, be transparent, give them options, and, and present a lease every single time. Guys, don't forget to call in if you have anything to weigh in on the conversation, 813-574-1820. Guys, real quick, uh, probably I think this may have been um, addressed to Matt, so we'll go with you real quick on this one. Twitter, somebody actually just, um, uh, just tweeted out, keep them in the dark, employees and customers. That was, I guess, quoting you. Shocking, that turnover is 72% and the customer experience isn't that great. Um, that seems to be kind of an, uh, a theme that's been going through um, several last several shows. One way or the other is customer experience, customer experience, um, kind of ad nauseum. So you want to you want to address that a little bit. And then somebody else said, um, d- d- uh, "Deskers do know that customers have already spent twenty plus hours online, and they know what their ve- re- vehicle is really worth." Correct. So people are kind of hitting the other side of the equation. You got anything to speak to that? Oh, uh, sure. Can you guys see me, by the way? Yes, yes, yes sir. Yeah, yes. You're on video. Yep, we you're on. You. Okay, look behind me. Uh, at my sign. Right. Sign says, has your customer received a thorough walk-around demonstration? Does your customer love the car? Does your customer love you? Does the customer love your, does your customer love the dealership? Have all parties involved driven the car? I'm gonna has the customer turned the service? Has the customer toured the service department? Can you tell me everything about their trade? If the answer to any one of these questions is no, you don't need a pencil. You need a TO. Hmm. I, I think that, that pretty much sums it up, and we lived by that, by the way. We knew when we went to the desk that we were going to be posed those questions ahead of time. So basically what you're saying is every every one of those points is geared towards the customer's best interest in, in some way, shape, or form, correct? That yeah, that's saying? correct. That's exactly right. So the customers, so you want a customer experience. If the customer's sold on the car, the salesperson, the dealership, mm-hmm. your CSI falls in line automatically 100% every single time. And by the way, you don't need to beat on a customer who's landed on the right car and sold on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amen. It, and go ahead. We, uh, okay, um, I'll say real quick. I, I, I think that, that backs up. I think that backs up what Allison was talking about when she said, "Hey, she's you, exactly pointing yeah, on. Absolutely. Spend your time on the lot, well, not at the desk for the pencil." But um, go it, ahead, Bobby. Yeah, here's the thing too. We uh, we just won our fourth president award in a row. We're the only one on this side of the United States. So we do a, a four square, and it's not beating the customer up. And matter of fact, when a four square is said and done, every block is their number. You know, every block is their number. And so uh, you know, and, and so a lot of times people said it's controversial a four square. Well, there's no way. You know, we're we're part of the gallery group. They've been in business 97 years, and we just won a Ford, Ford the president award, the highest award that Ford gives to his dealer. Uh, it's like winning the Super Bowl. Four times in a row. So we do, we do, and I agree with her. 
the customer experience. That's part of it. I mean, that you make that's how you make growth. When happy customers, I mean, they'll, they'll pay extra. They'll, they'll they buy into the salesman. But then, you know, the car. And someone said on the tw- uh, Twitter or whatever, doesn't a customer know what their cars were? No, they don't. They do not. That's, see, that's what we assume. Car dealers always thought they assumed that. Now that's what Kelly Lubick, Lee County appraiser, says. My house is worth eight hundred thousand dollars. I can't sell it for that. It's not worth that. But, you know, just it's just an opinion for the tax man. And we train our people on how to overcome those objections by saying, well, Edmund says this and everything else. And what we basically do is get out of the terminology of our salespeople. We never ask stupid questions, which I used to ask them, too. We ask, how much do you want for your trade, which is a stupid question, because they're going to give you a high number. How much money do you want to put down? They're going to say zero. And then you're also uh, where you want your payments to be. It's always going to be 300 You know, so we, we don't ask that. We show them a rough book, um, MMR and give them three examples of their trade. And he's right, Matt's right. You've got to walk that trade with that customer, and they've got to see all those imperfections on it. I mean, they have to see the whiskey licks on it. They've got to see the ball tires. I mean, I used to joke with my salespeople, it's like, it's like parents that, with kids at Walmart. They think their kids look good, but they look goofy. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, I mean, got hey to- Bobby, well, let me ask this question. Let me ask this real quick. Uh, you know, just... Um, Going along that, so because I mean, people are, we watch, we're listening. The audience is is weighing in, and obviously, you know, it's one of these, uh, it's one of these things where it's 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 either feast or famine. There's two sides, and it's almost like A or B. It can't be together. And right. what I hear, and I and I've always wondered this about the car business. Look, nobody thinks that we should have a um, you know a a, a a a you know a situation where we just burn every customer. Right. I don't think that that's going to work in any industry. And I know there's 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 that element in any industry, including the car business. But I mean, you know, what we're talking about here is the ability to to uh, you know to um, be more aggressive at closing you know deals and using certain. Like I just saw on Twitter, somebody said I think green sharpies. I think it was Arnold and and and, and Foursquare should be banned from the dealership. My my opinion. Or my question about that is why? Meaning, if it's not if it's my style, you know. At the tone, it, please record Lou, your just voice don't message. Don't worry about it. When you are me. finished, re- um, so we're trying to get Ernesto is calling in. That's what you guys are hearing, and we're trying to get him. Yeah, on. Just don't worry about, about it, Ernesto. Are you on? Okay, so we'll get him on in a minute. But to finish my point, we're hearing a lot of people weigh in on this. So I'd like to know somebody who thinks that both can happen. I mean, what Matt has behind him, I think, is saying, "Hey, look, it, it, you know, if all of these things aren't met, you don't have a sale anyway." And if all those things were met. Mm-hmm. Odds are your customers had a great experience yeah. up until that point. Right. But I guess, I guess um, you know, I want to talk about how we want to grow our dealerships. And in an era of highly competitive markets where dealerships are, you know, 20 dealerships are on dealer row or 10 or whatever, how do you get to the next level if you don't take business from your competitor? We were in a store this morning, and I, and I pose this to Allison. We were in a Toyota store this morning in Florida, Cribs and I, and a, and a crew of our trainers. And they, they, they just did a buy-sell. The store next door is a Honda store. We were in a Toyota store. And the, the Honda store does 400 cars a month. last month. Uh, 40% was subprime. This store was at 150 when they bought it. And so they're sitting there trying to take – they're going to take market share from their neighbor. They, want, they, they go, if they're doing 400 and we're doing a 150 and we feel like we have a better brand, we should you – know, then, then how are they going to take it away? It's not just a customer experience, but isn't it – doesn't it come down to – doing more, selling more. And, and, and would one of you guys want to weigh in on, on that? Well, I think you have to ask yourself, I think you have to ask yourself, what is the philosophy and the culture of the store? Is your dealership all about growth? 
you know, is it about volume and trade cycle management? And if you're about volume and trade cycle management, you can buy those deals. You know, growth isn't a dirty word. I ask for all the money all the time. But my philosophy here at Chan is to sell the vehicle, period. Protect and service our ASA at all costs, even if that means buying the deal. So when you guess the deal, look at where they live. You know, you got to take back your market. The one thing that I realized before I even got to this store is I had more dealers selling into my ASA than I was selling into my ASA. And that's a problem. Protect your market and buy those deals if you have to. Yeah, Allison, real quick on that also, you know, you mentioned earlier that you're you're offering a lease on every pencil, presenting a lease option on every single pencil. Um, so a kind of a two-part question, I think I know the answer to the first part is, have you seen your penetration go up? And then the second part, more importantly, is, you know, how, what's the, what's been the effect? Has it been a increase in, you know, tw- have you gone up 20% in leasing? Um, what do those numbers look like for you? So I've only been at Kuhn for about 120 days now. Um, we had a slight uptick. Uh, again, the the salespeople do prefer the path of least resistance. It's more of a cultural cultural thing here. Um, in New York, it was a lot easier to take the store from 60 to 80 percent. Um, you know, if you came to me with a cash deal, I'm penciling you a single pay lease, and I and I'm selling it as a deferred payment option. Um, here, there's there's a stigma that leasing is bad when actually it's 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 a better way for the consumer and it's better for the dealership and it's better for retention and for trade cycle management and to feed your, your used car line. Um, so I've seen a slight increase. Uh, my goal is to take it, it was 24% when I got here. Um, the height that we had was like 35%. Um, I want to be over 50. I know some of the Miami dealers are in the 60s. Uh, the goal is to increase that. I changed the pay plan uh, to incentivize the salespeople. You know, and you need to know how to adjust the deal. People are, are afraid of penciling leases because they think that there's no option to make a back end. Uh, well, if you look at my current lease PVR right now, you'd be like, how'd you do it? And, you know, you ask for all the money all the time, and, and sometimes you get it. So um, it, it's slightly increased. It's not where I need it to be. You but, know, but Tommy, we'll be working on it. <laughs> let me ask you, Tommy, and Thank we'll you, go to Matt here. But have you? I don't know if you're wondering this. I know how you think we've worked together for so long. But I mean, somebody. Tw- I mean, look, and I'm not busting. Arnold knows what he's talking about in, in many cases, and I and I hear this a lot. But I want to. I, I I'm a guy who likes to challenge what I hear. I mean, I'm not going to just take what I hear. I challenge it, and I and, and I think that may be a, a, in wisdom in some ways. And we'll go to Matt with this, Tommy. But have you thought about like Arnold qualified why he said? banning sharpies and, and Tracy Myers no way about what banning sharpies and four squares and so here's my question he Arnold came back and said because customers don't like it I want to know <laughs> where these customer surveys are here's the thing really right. what customers are going I hate I hate being sold I think people like being sold I like being sold listen I've never if taken somebody a phone sucks call. at selling me something <laughs> man I don't want to buy it from them it's like there's something wrong with it. I don't care if I'm buying a washer and dryer from Sears and they don't make any commission. If you don't act like you want to sell it to me, I'm going somewhere where somebody wants to sell it to me. I, like, I mean, I like to be sold. I just think that people don't like to be lied to. Maybe yeah, that's it. Maybe wanna, they don't like to be screwed. Like they're they're, they're right? being trampled on. You know, being, but at the end of the day, I mean, I'm kind of in the market right now and I'm looking. And honestly, my customer experience is – well, I guess, I guess customer experience is important because I want it to be easy. I want to do most of it over lo- online. Um, I'm going to buy based off the car I want. I already know what I want. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think it's like, it's one of those things where I think it's, is it 
have we made it like that straw man argument in our head? Like it doesn't even really exist. Yeah, we made it a big deal. Like with the, I mean, everybody's like, well, you got to watch out for those auto disruptors because they, people don't like going to the dealership. Well, it's like he's saying, are, Matt, at the dealership right now, Matt, buying cars right now. Matt Arnold's saying, Arnold's saying because Shar- Sharpies and Foursquares, you know, perpetuates, put, a, perpetuates negative stereotype. A, a, ner- right. a negative stereotype. I mean, do you buy into that? I mean, is that really what customers think in your mind? Or is it that they hate going to car dealerships next to going to a dentist because maybe they've been screwed over or, you know, been, been raped or whatever? But, I mean, is that really the stereotype? Is that, I, I'm just trying to figure it out. You know, I don't have an affinity for green Sharpies. But what's your th- opinion, Matt? Well, well that's, that's, a, that's a good question. I don't, I don't <laughs> think I've ever, in all my years, well, I haven't been in the retail business for 16 years, but I, I sure have gone into a lot of car deals and car dealerships and closed deals, and I don't think I've ever had anybody complain, nor have I ever fielded a phone call, nor have I ever heard anything, anybody complaining about the, the Sharpie syndrome. But <laughs> um, back to your, back to not being liked being lied to, you know, you're married, right? I mean, you get lied to every day. But anyway, <laughs> bottom line is, I mean, I we all divorce. are, right? But, but the bottom line is, you know, as far as as far as how we pencil deals, you know, what you want to try to do is make it as informal as you possibly can, and you want to encourage the salesperson to then take from that pencil and like 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 Bobby was saying about a four square. What a four square is designed to do is make the customer zero in on exactly the important part of the deal that he's most interested in, and that would be usually payment and down payment. Sometimes it's trade, sometimes it's price. It may, we don't know. It's in the customer's mind. But he's going to zero in on the most important thing to him. And then we work that angle of the deal. So let's say the customer says, I don't want to put $3,000 cash down. The salesperson crosses that Sharpie out, and he says, would you do 2900 Because we now have identified that that's his hot point, that he's okay with Three fifty a month, or he's okay with with a three thousand dollar trade, and he just don't want to put a whole lot of cash down. So when it's all said and done, we work that customer down really, really slowly on an informal pencil. That once we reach a point where the guy says, "I'll put five hundred dollars cash down," you're okay with this, 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 and now five hundred dollars. You're okay with the rest of it, and he says, "Yes, fine, write me a check for five hundred dollars." And then you got That's a good. commitment, not you have a card deal. So yeah. Steve Stoning said, don't "Customers love sharpies and four scores. They hate." They hate the eight pencils for the last fifty dollars that was never justified by the salesperson. What do you think? Yeah, I can that's agree. Probably that's probably true. I, I can ag- yeah, I can agree with that. Let's go to Bobby real quick, and um, I'm sorry. We'll go back to uh, we'll go back to Allison and Allison. Um, Bobby's in. Okay, Bob. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bobby's back now. on. Bobby. Okay, sorry, we lost you there for a minute, but um, let's. I'm no gonna problem. I'm gonna go back to you and on this idea of the four square. <laughs> is it antiquated? Is it not? Um, one of the things that I would say, like my big question, if a four square is antiquated, which box is the box that we don't need to reach agreement on? Because I think we have to cover each thing. Isn't that correct? Yeah, it's actually really a three square. I mean, uh, we start out on the trade, the first block, and we don't come out of that block in- until we, uh, you know, agree to a number. I mean, like I said, we're going to show them three numbers, uh, and they're basically rough, ha- you know, stuff that went through uh, Orlando or Tampa, you know, here locally, and you know, at the auction just last week. And th- these are real numbers, and um, and we'll give them. Uh, we'll find one with, uh, uh, you know, uh, a little bit more miles than theirs. Uh, it'll be the bottom one, and then the, the one in the middle would be one less miles, and then another one about half their miles. And then uh, try to work the customer in between those numbers, and 
they get engaged. Very rarely will they go, no, no, that's not, you know, but, yeah. but hey, they get engaged on it. Hey, yeah. Bobby, 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 real quick, yes. because I want to clarify this, because when you when you give them those initial trade-in figures of what uh, mm-hmm. cars are going through auction, just to clarify mm-hmm. for the listeners and viewers, I believe, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, that in your dealership, when you practice that, you're doing that before you actually have the official trade appraisal, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. So you have uh, the opportunity. Uh, you have the opportunity to kind of save face, if you will, once once you get that it, feedback. Exactly. When they bring the they, when they bring it up to the desk, they know that, that we're just going to look up on NMR and we're going to write full sticker, full full asking price. Uh, we're going to if it's a new car, we take off any and all rebates and don't even we don't even say the word rebate. We say discounts because uh, customers believe that rebates are fake money and. You know, where's your game? Where's your skin in the game? So, you know, we come off the car, um, and then, like I said, that's all that's written on the right hand side. And the and the uh, salespeople uh, get their free numbers. They go over there and they start negotiating just on the trade. Now they properly walk that trade and everything else. And it's a little scripted. Um, they basically say, "Hey, listen, we haven't had a chance to look at your car." That's how you say faith. We we uh, we have we haven't had a chance to look at your car yet. Uh, but while I was at the desk, I had the assistant used car manager go ahead and look at the local dealer auction report, basically see what cars like <clears> yours, based on your VIN number, are bringing in the local market. We were in luck. We had three. We started the bottom one and worked the way, bad news first, and worked all the way up. And like I said, the last one has miles that are, uh, you know, half his miles. And obviously the customer sees that number and he's thinking, well, I'm not going to get that. So maybe I'll be somewhere in between the two. And then, like I said, they'll come up with a number. And then after that, after it circled, then the, the salesman asks them, most banks like to see at least 20% down. This case is going to be right at six grand. We plan to put six or more. Yeah. And they go back and forth, back and forth. So, And then uh, the, the salesman are trained to do the math, take the take the trade away, add back in the payoff, add the uh, 10% for the mm-hmm. taxes and fees, and uh, times it by three. That's a short-term payment. And, yeah. of course, the cu- customer's in shock value a little bit on how high the payment is. He says, don't worry about it. We can probably stretch this thing out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and then we start working on the payment. So before it's all said and done, the trade's mm-hmm. not even talked about anymore. Right. And it's basically cash down and payment. Cash down and payment. That's where your gross is. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you, Bobby. Guys, we got to wrap it up. We love y'all. we got to get things going. So give us a takeaway, something we can um, – we'll start with Allison. Give us something that we can use, dealers out there that are listening, something, a little nugget of wisdom and um, your contact information as well, if you don't mind. And thanks for being on the show. Allison, you want to start us off? Oh, hi. I'm sorry. I, I think I lost you there for a minute. No, just, um, just give, us your closing, but, give us your closing remarks, Allison, maybe 60 seconds of what you want to lead the audience with regarding the subject today, maybe something you, you, know, you want to recap or, or add to. Okay, well, the one thing that I would say is regardless how you open your guests up, if they're not closing, you never, ever let them leave on your second best numbers. And you have to trust that the experience that you provided will afford you that last shot at them. Um, and if you're looking to get in contact with me, you can visit me on my website, alcimisante.com. Uh, there's a contact link there. Um, and I do appreciate you having me on the show, David. No, hey, I, my pleasure, Allison. I look forward to seeing you uh, here. Well, you're in Tampa, but at Digital Dealer, too. So we'll get that squared away. But thank you so much for hanging out with us. We're going to go to Matt Coffey. Matt, thank you so much, man, for taking the time out and uh, for teaching Cribs everything he knows. And uh, <laughs> give us your closing remarks. You've been doing this a while. And uh, what would you like to leave our listeners with? Well, it's all about process and training. And, you know, car dealerships, sadly, are, no cult- are not cultures any longer. And if we, if we run an ad, the ad shouldn't say, uh, you know, 
or a job, uh, you know, uh, make make a hundred thousand dollars a year. They should say, "I will teach you how to make a hundred thousand dollars a year," mm. and then bring them in and live up to that promise. Every single day is training, and once they're done trained, and they're the trained killers, then they should be reminded every single day. So the training meetings become reminder meetings, and then we should always promote from within because that creates a culture because they're going to see the desk managers move up to general sales managers and the salesmen move up to TO managers and the TO managers move up to desk managers, and it creates a culture. Everybody's doing it exactly the same way. I, I want- because, you know, what's, what, what's not so can do? They can do all the advertising they want to do, but if we're not closing everybody, we're, we're selling without advertising, then we're just bringing in more people not to close. And a culture is absolutely foolproof because it's layers upon layers of good people doing the exact same thing. So all I can say in closing is, you know, thanks for having me on. But uh, somebody asked on the, on, on the Twitter uh, about a picture of the, the chart. They can email me, and I'll email a copy of it. Matt at mcoffeeinc.com, and I'll email it to them if they would like. Thank but you, Matt. This, is, Thank this you. thing right here behind me, that's, that's what saves the car business. Right? We have to have our salespeople doing the exact same thing, like processed cheese, every single time. Am I not right, Dave? You're on the money. When they come to the desk, ask me. When they come to the desk and they, they hand me a worksheet looking for that first four square, I'm going to look at them and say, read the sign. They can read it out loud and answer to any one of those questions is no. Mm-hmm. They need TO. They do not need a pencil. So That's we're going to send somebody in there to get the questions answered and get us to the next step because getting us to the next step always gets us to the end, which is a step. That's it. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Matt. Yep, an honor to have you on. Okay. And Bobby? Thank you very much for having me. Yep. And Bobby Collins. Yeah, thank thank you guys for having me on the show. And, uh, yeah, I just uh, want to remind everybody, all the car people that and desk managers, that basically gross is a state of mind. And uh, it, it's like jumping into a river with a big uh, big current. I mean, if you uh, want a $3,000 deal or $4,000 deal, you don't start at a $3,000 deal or $4,000. You go upstream a little bit, then jump in. Because if you want to go straight from one side of the uh, bank to the other bank, you, and you want to stay right there, you're going to have to go upstream because you're going to drift. Okay, so that's you, you always try to desk a little higher. And one thing always, you can always come down, you can't ever go back up. There we go. You heard Thank it. Thank you, guys. All right, well, you heard it there. We got a lot of good feedback. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Uh, so hey, thank you. you. Thank you guys. So there you go, guys. We got a good show. Got a lot of feedback on both sides. You know, it's interesting, and we're going to be bringing. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be bringing oh, yeah. Mark Tuart on here in uh, just a moment. He's going to weigh in on what was um, just said. So we're going to bring Mark Tuart on in just a moment. But before we go to our second half of the commercial break and then bring Mark on, guys, one thing I want to say, and I and I notice it's like this, and it's like this a lot, and and there's not a right or wrong, but I don't, I, I think it's almost it's almost like left and right in politics, you know, mm-hmm. it's like you hear like the uh, the tweet that just came in, like you know, old car guys versus this young generation, right? And I, I want to find out why, and you know, it's I want to find out where the disconnect mm-hmm. is. Not that one's right or wrong. I just want to find out why it's so different because a lot of people though are vendors. That, you know, no offense, they're saying, hey, you know what, no, it should be this way, it should be that way. And you got guys that are still in the car business today that are, that are moving the needle as well that are saying, no, I'm doing it this way. And so I just love to hear uh, you weigh in. If you want to call in and well, weigh in while Mark on is on, we'd love to have you. 813-574-1820. Call in. If you've been tweeting, call in. If Give you've had a conniption pay- on Twitter. 
Yeah, call, call in, man. Yes. We don't we don't have an opinion here. So well, maybe we do, but we're not sharing our opinion. So people's eyes are popping out of their head. Can I read you a guys couple ready tweets? to bring Mark? Huh? Yeah, you, you want to wait till we get back from commercial before we bring oh, Mark? Oh, let's do a commercial. Yeah, yep. that's fine. So the next, so next up, up is uh, some commercials, and then uh, the next up after that, we're gonna have Mark Tour weighing in. And you can read some tweets. I'll read some tweets. Get them ready. Is this helping you sell cars today? Does the dealership look like it's being effectively managed? So why does this happen? The problem is managers that don't really know how to manage and training that isn't really training. Think about this. Most management teams focus almost all their attention on only what's happening on the lot and in the showroom. In other words, the majority of our manager's time and effort is focused on a very limited pool of opportunities. The most successful dealers and management teams recognize that there are exponentially more opportunities happening outside the showroom that need to be converted. They execute an effective training strategy and they manage a few simple yet highly effective processes. The following video demonstrates what it looks like when it all comes together. You'll feel the energy of managers and salespeople making things happen versus waiting for them to happen. There is the captain. That's how we do it. <laughs> and look at this. Salespeople everywhere on the phones. Oh, look at that book. What's that book? I love that book. Perfect. Thank you. Look at that. Nothing but salespeople on the phones making it happen. Teach your managers how to do their jobs and provide them with the tools to get the job done. We help the best dealers in the industry get what they want better, faster, and smarter. When waiting isn't working, contact us. Hey, car dealers, Jeff Glacken here with Dealer Authority. Hey, I wanted to make sure you're aware of a few exciting features that Google has released in their AdWords tool. Anybody that's followed me on social historically knows that I haven't been a huge fan of uh, pay-per-click, but when it's done right, it's an absolute necessary part of your strategy. And doing it right means doing it manually. It's people doing work, like getting in there and, and monitoring it daily and making adjustments. And it's about selling cars, conversions. We need people on your website converting into car sales. So some of these features, uh, like price extensions, price extensions is actually like a carousel ad on Facebook. If you're not familiar with those, you're probably with the wrong social vendor as well. But pay-per-click, you can set up price extensions. It's like a carousel ad, giving people more information, giving them the, the ability to make a, a decision, an informed decision. So you're giving them more information. That's a great feature. Uh, how about click to text? Have you heard about click to text? No, you're probably with an automated PPC vendor and they aren't able to adapt to these features as quickly as a company like Dealer Authority. So click to text. How huge is that gonna be? How many people in the younger generation do you know do not want a phone call? <laughs> you know, it actually upsets them if their phone rings, but you can text them. Click to text is gonna be gigantic. 
you got to get involved in that. And then lastly, we've got uh, countdown style ads creating urgency. That's what it's all about, getting these shoppers compelled enough to get on your website and take action. That's, that's all you care about. So countdown ads, it's like you run a special in an ad on Google and it's five days left, four days left, three days left and down. You know, it creates that urgency. They're you know, less likely to kind of brush it off and go jump on Facebook, see what their buddies are doing, whatever. They're going to take action, they'll convert. If you haven't heard of any of these features, you're with the wrong vendor. Call me. Thanks. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for staying with us. What a fantastic! What you see, Arnold? I'm not a freaking vendor. How do you know I was talking about you, Arnold? Uh, did I, uh, did I say Arnold? Actually, well, I was about to read some of the tweets because we had some. And Steve, while you're looking him up, Steve Stoning said, "Hey, yeah. IPD, some of us vendors still work the desk." I'm a vendor, and Dave and I just came from a dealership where there was a hundred. They just spent one hundred twelve thousand dollars with us in the last week. We, we, we agree with you guys on that. I wasn't calling out specific names, but my, my, my grandfather used to say, if, uh, face. if it hurt, it, you know, the hurt dog always hollers. I, Arnold, I don't know where you got that from, bro. <laughs> the hurt dog always gotta, I don't it. have an opinion. I, I, Here go some tweets. I like uh, them all. Kevin Campbell, I hate the term floor TO manager. Customers see through the BS. They roll their eyes when car peeps say that BS. Mm. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, it's nice. What's that? Floor TO manager. He just said he didn't like the... He didn't like the um, uh, the name gotcha. uh, Brian Bunch it is uh, if the four square is presented correctly it's not bad you're asking for the objections so you can sell um, Arnold said it's nice that all the old car guys like four square and think for the customer's benefit now where's the exit to the rabbit hole I guess he's saying it's like a fairy tale is that what he's saying okay uh, here's the real question are you desking for one-time dollars or lifetime customer dollars mm. Your customer almost always pay anything if you give them an experience to remember. Just a few of the tweets we had as Twitter was blowing up because people's eyeballs were popping out of their head, and there's still more. It's loading up here. Um, Arnold's tried to call the guys. He said he's tried to call eight times. Are we are we not? Uh, is the call is messed up or what? No, nah, messed up. It, it, uh, Mikey's out today, but okay. So let's let's read right. one more. Get one more. One more good one. Customers want to be led. The sales elite commit, lean in, and lay out a clear, compelling. Who said that? For their customer. Clear, uh, clear I think, compelling argument. I think you Who was it? Mike Hirschfield. Awesome. Well, guys, Foundation the, the next up, Cribbo. The next up. <laughs> He's coming on now. We got Mark coming, coming on now? All right. It'll be just a minute. So, so, what, so, so your boss, your old boss. Yeah. What, 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 what was that? Was that like stroll down memory lane for you? What was that? <laughs> well, kind of. I mean, you know, we're in regular contact, so. It's well, I mean, did not anything so change that, from from years well, ago? I'd love to know what Arnold's talking about. I got to interrupt you guys. Go ahead. He said, "Yeah, great." Str- I wish Arnold. Would- yeah, great strategy. He said, "Cut off the customer's head." Great. If you don't succeed, then then you know, like in other words, I, I, I just, is he he's ready? Mark, huh? Okay, so Mark Tours on the line. I think we do have Arnold on as well. So let's get Mark on. We'll bring Arnold on in a minute after or so to let him ask that question in person. I want Arnold to ask that question because I want to know. I really want. I want yeah, somebody it, else to explain to me why this. Why there's any war, right? So yeah, absolutely. Let's go ahead and and, bring uh, Tour on. So yeah, absolutely. Let me introduce our next guest. Um, he's uh, <laughs> kind of a legacy or legend in the car business in himself. He is the best-selling author of How to Be a Sales Superstar. 
He is the host of On the Mark, a featured uh, series on CBT News. And uh, just, uh, I got tons of respect for this uh, for this person. Uh, Mark Tuart, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. What's up? You're, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. So, Mark, we've been talking to our, our panel of uh, dealers when it comes to desking for dollars, desking strategies. There were a couple of uh, m- kind of major points that came up, and we'll talk about the first one and then go to the next. But one of the topics that we talked about was the fact that when, when we begin working figures at the desk, whether it's a reasonable expectation for the salesperson to know the ACV, the actual cash value of the car, when presenting numbers, or is that something that really is irrelevant for them to know based on working towards that commitment? The thought process would have been always that it, they don't really need to know. But in today's world, I think everybody's carrying a cell phone where all this stuff is uh, pretty available. And most everybody's got an app on their phone for the tool that they're using anyway. Uh, so they're still going to get the figures from their manager, most likely, depending on the system that you use and the selling process. Um, but, um, you know, they'll have some idea anyway. They're probably already have discussed that with the customer. And a lot of times in the past, you would say, well, you know, don't get into all that. But, hey, there's transparency in the world. It's not like you can avoid and evade things. It's, uh, it's all out there. Okay, so in your opinion, we've evolved to a place where that that's not so much a, a a best practice, if you will? One of the ways that we work with this, just to give you an idea, is if you'll utilize the trade-in first, and we just say, folks, I'd like to uh, be able to go to your trade-in because we have a tool where we utilize, and it's a web-based program, be able to search within a couple hundred miles and give you an accurate, real-time market value for your vehicle. And if I go over to your vehicle and scan the serial number and get all the information, that'll pick that up inside, and then when we get back inside, we'll have a very accurate value for you that we'll be able to give you at that time. And that eliminates a lot of that issue right there by just handling it correctly outside. Mark, I got a question, too. You know, uh, this is David, by the way, Dave Villa. So appreciate you coming on. Have mad respect for you. Um, and, and obviously, I'm uh, honored to have you on today. But, um, you know, I think it was Colin Crane or, or, or somebody that, that sent in a tweet that, that said, um, dealers that don't learn how to get around not using the Foursquare won't be around in the future to talk about this. And I, and I understand what these guys are saying, and I don't necessarily have an opinion. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I always like doing that no matter what side. I guess I'm a pot stirrer, you know. That's why I'm a host. But um, to kind of play devil's advocate with that, I mean, okay, so let's say ABC dealer that does that that way, who's moving 250 cars a month now, right, is, um, is, 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 runs a Ford store. And that market is always going to have, you know, buyers interested in Fords. Right. So, you know, 10 years from now, why wouldn't that customer, if if they are doing business that way? I mean, is this person that says they won't be around? Are they saying that this is going to shift so dramatically that the customers are just going to dwindle down to nothing to the place where this particular method will not work anymore? Or is that necessarily that that salesman aspect, that 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 gifting of a salesman, that ability, that psychology, that is that going to give them the edge when everybody's got all the technology? Because a sucky salesperson could have all the technology in the world and have access to the Internet. Won't that 
strong salesperson always have that edge because they have that one thing that the internet won't buy them? I mean, isn't that another thought? You know, I've seen every system on earth and I've seen every single system that you could imagine as a testing uh, process work. Mm -hmm. So there is no one way to do it. It's a matter of picking away and sticking to it. Um, and when you talk about Foursquare versus no Foursquare, it's just presentation of figures. So if you think about it, you got price, trade, down payment, monthly payment. Mm -hmm. So, and if you're giving options on your budgets and the way that you present it and how you present it, that's more of a difference. I don't know that it's a big deal whether you see, I mean, I was just with a group that got 38 stores. They got some of them that do four squares, some of them that don't, mm -hmm. some of them that pre-print the sheet, some of them that are not pre-printing the sheet. They're doing it in all forms of fashion. But yet, that group is just crushing it. And in a transparency internet age, they still make mad gross profit because right. they have a system and a process and they deliver it with confidence and confidence and equals confidence. So, you know, your whole idea is that can you make what you're doing transformational rather than transactional? The numbers are always going to be there. And with all the information today, it's not like you're going to avoid it, but it doesn't mean that you can't ask for the money either. Is Arnold on? The trade is a negotiation. Hey, Mark, we have a caller in Arnold Terrina, and, and he was weighing in heavily in the first panel on this when we had One the might three. say having an aneurysm. Yeah, he was having an aneurysm, but yes. I, we wanted to, we asked him to call in. He's on. Hey, Arnold. Arnold Hello. Hey, Arnold. Arnie, what's up, buddy? Give us, I want Mark, I want Mark, I'm, the three of us are going to be quiet here. I want you to ask this question or state your comment and then maybe let Mark weigh in on maybe, you know, what you're saying and, and give us some wisdom, impart some wisdom to this. Go ahead, Arnold. Okay, so, well, first of all, I was I was kind of on the, the brink of hold when you came up and said uh, you wanted me to ask a question. So I don't know which question you want me to answer. Well, you, no, well, some of, well, some of your tweets, some of they were along the same line, but basically the gist of it is the last thing that I saw that you tweeted that said, you know, yeah, knock their heads off. If you sell a car, great. If you don't, you know, then what? You know, I mean, we're basically bring up maybe to Mark, you know, what your opinion is of some of the things you heard in the first panel and maybe let Mark weigh in on that. Okay, well, first of all, you know, I, I know Mark and I have much respect for Mark. You know, and, and, and you know, I mean, y'all probably think I'm just this tweeter, and according to Steve, I'm just a, a bobblehead prize hog. But, you know, I mean, I have been in the industry, and, you know, I was an Internet director for uh, a, a, a nine-dealer a, a top group that did uh, about 2,000 cars a month with... 50 people on the sales floor, 14 internet managers, and 10 finance managers. So it's not like I don't know what I'm talking about, and I haven't been there. Sure. Unlike the doorman Tommy, you know, I get that. You know, he, who, I'm just who here for the looks. Good, who used to be <laughs> You're a James Bond manager. <laughs> but, okay, so, so the first thing I want to address from the previous panel is that someone mentioned that, you know, the four squares are for the customer. And that is like so much bullshit. I, I, I mean, I, 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 you're like, you need boots. Okay, a Foursquare was not made for a, a customer. The Foursquare was made so that a dealer could optimize their potential profit in each of the different areas 
uh, included in a car deal. Okay, it has nothing to do with the benefit of a customer because if it did, the the old I mean we wouldn't have been using it for fifty years. Mm-hmm. If if it benefited the customer fifty years ago, no dealer would have used it. The only you know I mean we're still using it now. And the reason we're using it now is because dealers don't want to invest in the technology that's available. You know, the uh, customers are are just tired of the process of buying cars in the way that that dealers have forced them to. And that's where all these startups like Carvana and everyone else is taking market share. That's where all these people are coming from. And and now, don't get me wrong, there are also also vendors in our space, like Mm -hmm. DealerTrack and others, that have invested billions of dollars in, or maybe not billions, but millions in, in these technology to better present, if you will, numbers and figures to a customer in a more professional way. And, and you know, obviously, you know, I understand that a dealership is not designed to give away cars and we need to make profit. And, you know, I'm not against a dealership making profit. But, you know, one of the things that you mentioned, Mr. Devil's Advocate, is, you know, why wouldn't we continue doing all these four squares since it's worked and, you know, we've been doing it for so long. And first, I want to say the reason we've been doing it so long is because that's how we make a profit and against the customer's will or knowledge because they don't know the numbers. I mean, there's just way too much for them to keep track of, whereas we have all the information. Well, what's changed? is they have the information now. And, and, and what I think will happen is that, is that the OEMs will force the dealers away from the Foursquare. They'll, so, they'll make them deck give, deals give me, via, Matt, via Arnold, give me 15. Give Arnold. me yeah. wind it up. Give me about 15 seconds of it. Start to wind it up about 15 seconds. We got to go to Mark and then we got to end. But so, so kind of bring a st- ending point here so I can bring it to Mark and let him weigh in on that. Okay. All right, well, here's my ending point. Okay. Four squares are not for customers. They're all for the benefit of the dealers. They're antiquated. Customers are pissed off. They don't want to buy cars that way. They okay. still want to buy cars. They just don't want to buy cars that way. And that eventually, I agree with uh, um, a comment you made, I, whether it was by Colin Crane or whatever, that dealers will be forced away from doing business that way or okay. customers will simply go somewhere else. They'll, they'll buy a car a different way. All right. Mark, let, let's, Mark, let's go back to what you had uh, mentioned before, and you can kind of piggyback on, your, on the response here with Arnold. But what I heard you say earlier was that whether it's a four square or whether you're pre-printing a purchase order or whether you're serving a menu, it's about the presentation to the customer. Go ahead and weigh in. Uh, I 100% believe that other than the fact that if you're using a certain type of presentation on the Foursquare, what you're trying to do is break it down by each element. And I think we've evolved away from that. And so if that's the major argument, I get it. That's why I would rather myself pre-print through your desking tool, your CRM, et cetera, you, you know, everything and fully disclose it and go through all of your options. But at the end of the day, still with the four square or pre-printed or however you're making that presentation, 
when you're setting that up for the customer, there's still going to be those four primary areas, price, trade. You know, you, of course, you're going to have your difference in full disclosure and payoff, et cetera, and you're going to have payments. So what will be significantly different other than the sheet itself between, I'm just asking, between a four-square pre-printed sheet or however else you're wanting to present the yeah, figures. Is it, is it somebody just selling, uh, is it somebody selling a technology? I mean, that's why, you, that's what I was getting to, and I'm not saying wait, that. Wait, wait, but how, how, how professional does that look? Okay, so from now on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make every speaker apply to conferences with a green Sharpie. <laughs> well, I, Arnold, I'm hey, not, I'm not advocating green. I don't think that I would. I advocate free <laughs> printing the sheet. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, I'm not about. I, I'm not saying that those four areas aren't going to always be important. I'm just saying that you know you, you can't rip someone's head off and expect them to to you know invite their friends and family. Hang on, to Arnold. Back. Arnold. Yeah. Arnold, just just a moment, Arnold. Go ahead, Mark. I'm, let's let's let Mark respond to that. And Mark, um, okay, go ahead and respond to the Why last did comment. I get my free pool. <laughs> well, I I don't know where the ripping the head comes off. If you're asking a price and a value for a vehicle, or even if you're negotiating on a trade, um, and with full disclosure, and you're following regs today, and you can't payment pack. Uh, whatever you're getting is a, a negotiable item. You're not ripping anybody's head off. You're just making fair value for the car. I mean, make no bones about it. I would rather never use and don't want and would have my customers not roll out green Sharpies. I hope we've evolved from that. Pre-print the sheet, but at the end of the day, when you pre-print your sheet and your disclosure form, it's all about how you disclose it in the process and the professionalism of it, and it's still going to go down to does the customer want to talk to you about the price, the trade, mm-hmm. and, and the down payment, monthly payments, those things, and you've got them on the sheet anyway. So right. you're doing full disclosure. That's the biggest thing in being transparent. Absolutely. Well, Mark, stand by for one second. Arnold, I uh, I want you, before you get off, we've got to go. We're going to let Mark uh, give the last word in a minute to give his – Arnold's off? Arnold's not on. Okay. So a couple of things I want – I'm sorry. I thought Arnold was still on. A couple of things I will say for Arnold because I was going to let him do it. Um, check out his uh, Twitter page, his NADA party that's coming up, um, his schedule. Uh, make sure you check that out. Also, Innovative Dealer Conference in Colorado um, is also coming up as well. Check those two things out for Arnold, and I was going to let him do it. Mark, thank you for coming on. Get, leave our listeners with a couple of things, 30 seconds of just you know parting words, Some of the I'm sure some of the things you've already been saying, but then also at the end give them the ability to get a hold of you if they'd like to find out how – they can implement some of the things they maybe sort some of the, 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 the some of this out at their store and they like what they've heard with you. Let me give you one key tip that I see everywhere. Worst thing that if you're a manager of desking deals, working deals, that ever occurs, salesperson comes to you and you say, What do you got? It starts the deal backwards. And the only way you have to work the deal backwards is if they got bad credit ninety nine percent of the time. So if you could start off by asking the correct questions from the desk, did they drive the car? What did they like most about the car? What's their hope for gain? Those type of things. If they had to pick one thing about the vehicle they would love, what would it be, and try to coach a deal rather than work numbers. The numbers will take care of itself. We get way overwrapped about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but coach, coach the person rather than just worrying about working a deal and start it properly. 
And really, whatever presentation you do, if you do it professionally and you're prepared, will be fine. That's what the customer is looking for. They just want all the info. Give them the info. There's nothing to hide. It's good. If you want to contact me, pretty simple. Just go to my website at tuart.com. I'm on Twitter at Mark Tuart, and you can call me at 888-2-TUART. All right, Mark. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Great wisdom, and uh, you have a wonderful weekend, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Hey, great show, Bye-bye. gentlemen. And, you know, I want to put something out there before uh, while we still, you know, I, I know we've gone over a little bit, but I want to put something out there for two weeks from right now. We're going we're gonna to have, hey, what do we land on for title? Did we land on a title yet with one of those titles you sent me? Which one do you like best? We're going to have a – Luke can't remember. Mm-hmm. We're going to have, we're gonna have a, a, an episode in two weeks. We've kind of moved some stuff around. Next week, by the way, is Girl Boss Show. Girl Boss. You don't want to miss it. We've got some incredibly strong uh, women uh, automotive professionals coming on next week, and it's called Hashtag Girl Boss, mm-hmm. and you don't want to miss it. But two weeks from today, we moved the show because I think it's appropriate based on tomorrow's inauguration and swearing in. We want to talk what about – how Donald Trump is going to affect the car business. We're looking for a couple of additional people that might be an asset for that show. So if you're listening right now on Facebook, on autodealerlive.net, iTunes, if you're listening uh, on you know any of the channels and you want to come on the show, then reach out to us, tweet us, do whatever you got to do to get our attention because we, uh, we've got a show where we're going to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly. We're going to talk about NAFTA. We're going to talk about, you know, uh, jobs, you know, keeping jobs here, moving to Mexico. Well, will it be good? Will it be bad? What will he do for the industry? What's it look like? I think it's going to be a great show. It's yeah. going to be called Trumped Up. Trumped Up. Trumped Up. Trumped I like up. Trumped Up. You can say it. Trumped Up. Yeah. <laughs> Trumped Up. Yeah, we know the face of uh, uh, the OEM, the supply, everything is going to kind of take a change. It already has begun that process. I mean, we saw the government step in back when we went through the recession and had a lot of influence on kind of uh, how we moved forward as a country in the car business. Mm-hmm. And this is not the same thing, no. but, um, but... But I want the good and the bad. I, yeah. want, I want on either side. Yeah, absolutely. I so um, don't forget to tune in next week. Wait, well two weeks from now for that show mm-hmm. and of course next week the girl boss guys don't forget the rockstar auto conference is going down when is the um, march 13th it will be march 13th. march 13th and if you use code ssp online you will get 20 percent off your conference tickets Boom you're welcome you jerks all y'all <laughs> whether you believe in Foursquare, square dodgeball um the tetherball um, what else we got? Horseshoes, uh, horseshoes uh, shuffleboard, cornholio, hopscotch, 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 all that. You can all get together and you can talk about how awesome you are all together in one room. It's going to be phenomenal. Mm. And you get it cheaper if you do that. It is hotter than three SSP. fat devils in this mug today right now. SSP I don't know what you guys got to eat on or something, but it's hot. Rockstar. Shout out to Matt Koenig. What's up, buddy? Thank you, guys. Yes, thank you. We'll see God you next bless week. you. Good night. <laughs>